This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always rated to R because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya White. with Tanya White. I am your host, Tanya White, and I am just fabulously, fantastically excited about today's show and all of the shows in February because you know why? We have love on our mind. We're trying to help you find love and maintain not only love but real healthy love. And so that's what we're talking about all month of February, but tonight we're talking about relationship reruns. Real talk about why people stay stuck in unsatisfying and unhealthy and unfulfilling relationship ruts. This topic is based on my new book, Relationship Reruns, and that you can purchase at TanyaWhite.com and Amazon.com, and it is really gives you practical information about relationships while we deal with relationship messes, how to know when a friendly attraction has turned into a fatal attraction, and so many other things that we uh, issues that we deal in romantic relationships, friendships, businesses. So we're going to talk about mostly romantic relationships tonight. And we, as always, have a phenomenal panel of guests tonight, and I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But I would like to say hello to our ever-growing, expanding uh, number of friends on the Real Talk uh, with Tanya White uh, blog talk. We have, I believe, 1,150 people right now, and that is phenomenal and amazing to us, and we thank each and every one of you for reaching out. We want to say hello to some new friends, uh, Inspired Woman, who had a phenomenal show on Monday night, and she was talking about microwave relationships, 
and I could have sworn that she read my book, Relationship Reruns, because everything she was talking about was in my book. So that was a phenomenal show. Catch her show, Inspired Woman. We'd like to say hello to Hellraiser Entertainment and Dale D. And as always, we want to say kudos to our some of our old and familiar friends, such as Spike Spielberg, um, who has comes on Monday through Friday at 9 p.m., catches phenomenal shows, uh, Toy Ward, Pam Perry, whose show I will be on next Thursday at 6 o'clock. That is why Real Talk is airing an hour later. And also, as always, we love JFJ Live, who had a fantastic show last Friday on uh, Are Men Too Sensitive? So if you missed that show, catch JFJ Live Radio, the archives from last Friday, which was January 30th. Again, welcome to Real Talk. Our topic tonight is relationship reruns. We'll talk about why people stay stuck in unsatisfying and unfulfilling relationships. As I said before, we're going to answer your question. If you always answer it, why did I fall for the same trick again? Why am I always falling for Mr. or Mrs. Right now instead of waiting for Mr. or Mrs. Right? All of those questions are going to be answered by our guest tonight. We have Hassani Pettiford. Uh, who uh, reigns out of New Jersey, and he has written a, a book entitled Black Thighs, Black Guys, and Bedroom Lies. He's going to get into that book tonight. Uh, also, we have Talaya Stovall from the Illinois area. She has written a book, Crossing the Threshold, and she, we're going to talk about why women fall uh, for the Cinderella Syndrome and why they settle for Mr. In the Meantime and how to recognize and wait for true love and then we're going to have Blog Talk's own relationship expert, the Loveologist, who has a phenomenal show on Sunday nights, the Loveologist Live. And so he's going to answer some email listener questions. He's going to be in to answer caller questions. So if you have a question about relationships and you want the Loveologist to answer and give you some insight, please call in the second half of our show. And also we're going to have a special uh, moment always at the end of the show during the month of February, called A Much Love Moment, and that is uh, going to be Shelby and British Hill, a married couple who is going to give us some real-life love tips. And so check all of the shows out this month, but especially this show. And tonight, since we have an incredible show, I had to get the incredible one herself back to help me co-host. So welcome once again, Ms. Darnell Jervy. Hello, Hello. Danielle. Hello. How are you? I am incredible. I'm absolutely incredible, and I got my voice back just in time to co-host with you tonight, and I'm excited about relationship reruns. I know. I'm so glad that you came, got over your illness and came back to lend your hand, your incredible hand, to help me co-host. Are you excited about this month of February? I love February. I'm just a big love person. I don't know about anybody else, but. I am, too. And I love, you know, the intro song, Natalie Cole, because I think at this time of the year we all have a little bit of love on our mind. Yes, we. I know I do. I'm amped up. I've always, I'm always amped up during February. And it's not because, you know, it's, it's the most romantic month. It's because everybody is so intentional about showing unconditional love towards everybody. So that's why I love February, because everybody puts forth that extra effort to care for and show that love towards 
that special someone or even friends during this time. So that's, that's right. So that's why I love love. But tonight we're talking about relationship reruns, and I don't know about you, Danielle, but I've been trapped in so many of them. That's why I wrote the book, A Relationship Reruns. Well, we're going to deal with that today, and by the end of the show, I pray that everybody who is stuck in a re- relationship rerun gets unstuck. Well, I know that. I definitely have been there, done that, and gotten a T-shirt for all of the mistakes I've made when it comes to love. Yes. And I talk about those in my book. If you understood my past, you would understand my praise. Yes, let's talk about briefly for a moment because we're gonna, we want everybody, just support everybody on Blog Talk, especially authors. But, uh, Danielle, I keep forgetting, you, you just do so much because you're just so incredible. But let's talk about the, the premise of that book briefly. You want to share? Sure. Um, that book was actually born out of six years ago I was engaged to be married, and mm-hmm. we found ourselves three months before the wedding. And uh, hindsight is always twenty twenty. but three months before the wedding, my ex-fiance confessed that he got a 45-year-old woman in our church pregnant. And wow. it really it knocked the wind out of my sail. I would imagine. But you can't keep a good woman down. And so what I really had to do is I realized that um, you cannot conquer what you're not willing to confront. And if you want to you confirm your future, you have to conquer your past. Yes. And so I went back and I dealt with the issues and um, the problems that I had with me because I didn't love myself enough and realized how to love myself. And in doing so, I found my praise, which is synonymous not only with Christ, but also with self-love, self-confidence, and self-worth. And it is a really, really good story to really just empower people in general, but women in particular, because we do oftentimes settle for Mr. in the meantime. And we, we operate in relationships that are beneath our privilege because we don't love ourselves enough. That that's absolutely right. I've been in that situation so much because society is it's taboo to be single. But what people don't know is single means whole. And right. even if you're married, you still should be single, which means whole. So if you're a whole person, there's nothing wrong with you waiting until you find another whole person to come together so you can have a whole marriage and you can have a whole life and a whole lot of fun because when you're with the right person, Wow, life, I don't want to say it's easier, but it's more peaceful and it's more satisfying. So mm-hmm. that is what I'm all about. And we're going to talk about it, and we're going to take a brief break and get ready for our first guest, Hassani Pettifor, and he's going to talk about those black thighs, black guys, and bedroom lies. So I can't wait. I can't wait either. I've been I've been wanting to talk about that ever since I booked them. So what I'm going to do is just play a, a little commercial and then we're going to come back and talk to him, okay? All right. Join best-selling author, relationship coach, and expert Tanya White for her exciting new radio show, Real Talk with Tanya White, every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Real Talk with Tanya White. Once again, that's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Real Talk with Tanya White. Real Talk with Tanya White features guests that include celebrities, artists, 
authors, business owners, public speakers, and other influential guests. To be a guest on our show or to send feedback, please email us at realtalk at tanyawhite.com. Once again, that's realtalk at tanyawhite.com. And always remember that Talk With Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk With Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, Talk With Tanya has got to be real. And we're back. We're talking about relationship reruns tonight. Uh, and even though our, that was not the commercial I wanted to play, we're going to roll on. And, Darnielle, we're going to uh, click on our first guest, and I hope this is him, Hassani Pettiford, who is a relationship expert. And he has written the book, uh, Black Guys, I mean, Black Thighs, Black Guys, and Bedroom Lies, and a host of other books that you need to get. Get them, get them, get them at HassaniPettiford.com. And he's going to tell us more about that when I click him on. I'm on. Hello, Hassani. How are you? I am phenomenal. How are you? I know you are. I am fantastic today. <laughs> Hi, Hassani. Hi, how are you? This I'm is my, great. My incredible host, Donya Jervy. We're just going to dig into your book. We need to know some things that you've written. But before we get started, Hassani, can you tell us who you are in your own words? Well, Hassani Pettiford, I'm actually a professional speaker. I'm, I'm an author of seven books, currently working on my eighth book right now. I'm a relationship coach, and for the last 10 to 12 years, I've been traveling all over the country talking to all types of people, uh, people in the church, people in college and university settings, people in corporate America, on male-female interpersonal relationships and sexuality. And uh, that's been my passion, you know. You know, they say that oftentimes your misery can ultimately become your message. Mm-hmm. And much like your co-host, I was engaged in a relationship that just went sour, and because of the pain and the bitterness and the frustration that I experienced, it kind of birthed a passion in me to, to help other people who are who are going through the same things. And what it took me five years to get out of, hopefully through my testimony and story, it could take them five minutes to get out of. And so that's been my journey and my path, and I've been spending uh, – my life helping people in their troubled relationships. Wow. Awesome. Phenomenal. Well, let's get right into it, Hassani. Black thighs, black guys, and bedroom lives. <laughs> All right. Well, so, go ahead. You are going to say well, something. I wrote, I wrote the book because there's a whole lot of bitterness and pain and resentment and animosity, mistrust, and just plain hatred that exists between black men and women as a, as a result of all of the sexual games and the bedroom lies that we play with one another in relationships. And see, a game is competitive in nature. So whether you're watching baseball or basketball or wrestling, soccer, football, whatever the sport may be, there's always someone who wins and someone who loses. But anytime you take this game concept, which is very competitive in nature, and then try to put it within the confines of a relationship, which is supposed to be cooperative in nature, it can never work. And so as a result, all the players in the end wind up getting played. And so in the book we talk about the male player of the game and the female player of the game and all the things that they do to destroy relationships and what we need to do to turn that back around so that we can have the healthy, fulfilling, mutually beneficial relationships that, you know, God has designed for us. Yeah, that's true. We play a lot of games. Why do you think we play a lot of games, Hassani? 
Well, people aren't serious. I mean, in the book, we have a chapter called The Game, and we refer to the male player of the game as the black vagina finder because for mm-hmm. many men, all they're after is a woman's vagina. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want the woman, but just what the woman has access to. These are some men that don't even like women. They just want what they can get. You have the female player of the game that we talk about um, called the the low pro ho because all she's after is a man's penis and possessions. And as long as you have two people that are in this type of relationship with ulterior motives um, that aren't based upon commonality, aren't based upon love and and mutual feelings, you're always going to have problems in relationships. And so that's why you've got to be careful who you choose because oftentimes we get into relationships for the wrong reasons, looking for love in all the wrong places, and get involved with the wrong individuals. I like what you said, Hassani. I love the choice, and that's what I'm always telling my clients, that every day you get to choose. And, and so often we choose incorrectly because we have that emotional base for the decisions that we make. And I, I love what you've said so far. I'm making notes. I'm on your website. I'm excited about what you're sharing with us, especially about this concept, because I think there's far too many people who don't realize the significance of that choice that they make. Absolutely. You know what? It's funny because you were mentioning earlier about the choices that you make. Well, according to uh, some reading I've done, they said that 90% of a person's success or failure is determined by who they choose as a mate. Say that again. That has been my philosophy for years. Say that again, Asani. 90% of a person's success or failure is determined by who they select or who they choose as a mate. And I tell you, if I were to have gotten married to the one I was with, I would be miserable and probably divorced today. But now I've been married for six years, three beautiful children, and I have a phenomenal relationship because I made the right choice. And you know what? The reality is most of us just don't know who to date or how to date, and that's why we wind up getting into bad relationships. You know, I talk about the four seasons of a successful relationship, and the first season, in my opinion, is the most important season, and that's the dating season, because the origin of a thing oftentimes determines its nature. So if it starts off wrong, if it has the wrong foundation from the beginning, it can only produce you know, things that are wrong unless you really change course and get things back on track. But by that time, it's, it's quite difficult, mm-hmm. you know, to change the nature of a relationship if it's if it's based upon a, a wrong and faulty foundation. Yeah, and sometimes uh, a lot of people who do, they know from the beginning, as they're planning the wedding, as they're dating, that that person's not the person for them. And when trouble comes and they can't take it anymore, instead of making the right choice, they want to say face and just continue in a hellish relationship. You, you, are, you know what? I was three weeks before walking down the aisle. Mm-hmm. You know, after the honeymoon had been paid for, the apartment was rented, the furniture was purchased, the, the gifts had been given in the bridal shower. You know, all of the arrangements were taken care of. But just three weeks before walking down the aisle, I got into a heated argument, which was so typical for us. And, you know, she made a statement that just changed my life forever. She looked me dead in my eyes and said, Asani, that's why you're going to be womanless for the rest of your life because I'm going to probably wind up cheating on you anyway. Oh, this well, is she just told you, told you oh, what she told was going to do. She told you what your marriage is going to be like, huh? Oh, yeah, and she saved my life, and she, yeah. saved my, she saved my everything because at that moment I made a decision that it wasn't going to happen. And you know what? 
I don't regret it a day in my life because you're right. So many people get married walking down the aisle knowing that they're making a, a bad decision or questioning the, the you know the decision that they're making. Yes. And I've seen it time and time again. People who got married and divorced in the midst of my six-year marriage, and it's just ridiculous. You could yes. you could look at people and and know you know what those two I don't I just don't work. know. It ain't it's gonna just work. not gonna happen. And yeah, uh, I, I could. You know, we especially when you have uh, have a, a certain level of discernment, and you try to talk to people and see where they at, and see, you know, are you sure? And you know, and they get in a huff and think that everybody's trying to ruin the relationship, or they say a lot of haters. They don't hate, and it's just a constant cycle. But with the divorce rate so high, somebody's marrying the wrong person. <laughs> a lot of people are marrying the wrong people. Exactly, exactly. And you know what one of the problems is, you know, as a side note, since we're talking about, you know, relationships, in my book I really focus on sex. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because sex oftentimes, outside of its proper season, can ultimately destroy your relationship. You know, uh, according to a BET poll, <laughs> 75, you know, a, a poll that I actually saw when I was watching TV one day, 75% of its viewers believe that sex on the first date is acceptable. Yeah. 75%. Yeah. But when you look at the national statistics, uh, the fact is most singles engage in sex anywhere between the third date and the sixth week of knowing someone. Mm-hmm. And so we have no problem becoming physically naked in a relationship, but we have a major problem becoming emotionally naked. And it's like we know each other's body parts, each other's genitals, well before we know each other's intimate thoughts and feelings and secrets. And, and, it, and it's just ridiculous. And so the way that we build relationships are backwards. Sex was meant to consummate a relationship, not necessarily to initiate that relationship. And those are one of the, that's just one of the many things that we can do to destroy the foundation of a quality relationship. Exactly. Okay. Wow. Especially if you, it's a powerful thing, sex. And yes, if you, uh, I've known a lot of people to be celibate for years, commit their stuff to God, and then give in to the urge. And then they base that relationship because on the feeling of sex that they're connected, or they want to make it right with God. And so, um, you're absolutely right. People rush into sex, which is very dangerous in these days and times. Um, Without even thinking, a lot of people don't even know who they are anyway. So how can you possibly know somebody else? Uh, right. To do right. That's definitely the truth. Okay, uh, I have a question for you, Hassani. Yes, ma'am. Please identify for us and the listeners four of the frequent bedroom lies that black guys <laughs> believe from black guys. Well, that's a very unique way of saying it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You know, they're really sexual games, you know. Some of the games that men play that women need to begin to identify. For instance, one is... Um, it's going to talk you slow, right? Mu- huh? Talk slow, so I can write oh, it okay. down. <laughs> if you dance to the music, you got to pay the piper. Mm. If you dance to the music, you've got to pay the piper. And really we're talking about the flesh-cash connection because the objective is to create a feeling of indebtedness in the female by making her financially dependent on the man. And mm. so 
In essence, financial favors are provided by the man in exchange for sexual favors that have to be reciprocated from the female back to the man. And so, in essence, sex becomes this cold, callous, sexual business transaction, if you will, because there's no emotional involvement involved in this particular act. And oftentimes we've seen how disastrous that can be. And that's a game that many men play. Another game is, if you love me, you will. And oftentimes uh, a way that a man will attempt to coerce a woman into engaging in sex, because you know the expression, you know, men give love for sex and women give sex for love. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it, women are looking for love, so they'll give sex in exchange to receive love. Men are looking for sex, so they'll give love in exchange to receive sex. So if a man knows that a woman's true desire is love, which will lead to sex, he'll say, well, if you love me, you will. But her response typically is, well, if you love me, then you won't ask. And so as a way of making her hmm, feel guilty about not having sex, he'll use the love game. Yeah. We've seen that played over time and time again. Uh-huh. How about I just want to, or let me just, I just want to touch you. I just want to hold you. I just want to caress you. And so when he's convinced the woman of what he wants to do, and when they've come up with some type of arrangement of all that will take place, Once the act begins to take place, he begins to move further beyond what they've agreed to, and they wind up engaging in some type of sex. And now there's a whole issue of trust that this woman now has for this man and all men, because all men are dogs, because all they want is sex. So it's a way for him to ease his way into the arms of a woman sexually. Another game that men play is, you know, putting her to the test. I'm going to see how far she'll go. I'm going to see if she's a good girl. I'm going to see what she's willing to do. And so he'll test her to see what she'll do on that first date or that second date. But oftentimes it backfires in the end because if she does do, you know, what he wants her to do, he'll leave her anyway. Yeah. You know, men put women in categories. You know, that's the freak. You know, that's the wifey material. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the woman on the side. And so they know, just like they say, you know, a woman knows in the first five seconds whether she'll sleep with a man. Men categorize women the same exact way. And these are nothing but games that produce horrific relationships. Mm. Woo! That was a lot of knowledge. The games men play. I hope you're listening if you tuned in. Talking sex games. Keep going, Hassani. I'm chilling. I'm I'm writing it down. You got two games. If I can transition, since we're talking about these sex games, what we haven't realized is that the bedroom of ecstasy oftentimes leads or transforms into the bedroom of expectancy because there's ultimately five things that we can expect from this bedroom experience. You want to know what they are? Yeah. The first thing that we can expect from the bedroom of ecstasy is emotional anxiety because the reality is, If I give myself to you, that means that there are feelings that are being shared and emotions that are being expressed. But the reality is if the love that I give you, Tanya, isn't being given back, if the feelings that I offer you aren't being reciprocated back to me, it can lead to emotional anxiety. How many women and men do you know who have engaged in sex with another person? For that other person, it was just 
physical, an opportunity to get in, to get out, to hit it, to quit it, and to be gone. But for the other person, there was more than just a physical interaction. There was an emotional attachment. And when the deed is now done and that other person leaves, now insecurities and doubts and regret and shame and confusion and all of these emotional issues are going on in a person's mind because for them it was more than just a physical experience. Have you ever known anyone like that? Oh, I've been there. I've been there. It's funny because they say that a condom is used for a man's head, his penis head, but there's no condom to put on our 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 heads, you know, our minds, mm-hmm. our wills, our, to, to protect us from all the pain that we endure. The second expectation of the bedroom of ecstasy is a false pursuit a, or a false desire for commitment. No. Because the reality is if I give myself to you, that means that we are now in a relationship, right? We are now one. But wait a minute. If I gave you everything that you could ever want, before the commitment, what reason do you now have to commit? You know, there's an expression that says, why buy the cow if you can get the milk for free? And so many women in particular thought that they could sex their way into getting a man. Mm-hmm. And some men thought that they could do the same. But the only one who winds up hurt in the end is you. Mm-hmm. The third expectation of the bedroom of ecstasy is unplanned pregnancy. Mm-hmm. How many people got hooked up with the wrong person at the wrong time, in the wrong place, doing the right thing under uh, under the wrong circumstances, and now she's forced to carry the seed of a man that she barely knew. And as she reaches the point of maturation, that brother, that lover, begins begins to tiptoe into the darkness, never to be seen again. Never. And, uh, so and now this is in court. And then yeah. we have all the other drama, because I teach a whole generation of... Uh, Babies made out of the bedroom ecstasy with no commitment and uh, very distraught. It hurts the kids so much more than the men and women who engaged in it. So I'm sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, in, and in short, you know, the fourth expectation, and I can go on, but we're talking about sexually transmitted diseases. You know, it's deep because we thought that as long as we put a condom on that everything is going to be all right. But mm-hmm. many of us don't know that condoms have holes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, they say that the HIV virus is 450 times smaller than a sperm cell, which is mm-hmm. one-fifth the size of a hole in a condom. And they say that an HIV organism can go through the hole of a condom just as easy as it takes a pinball to go through a basketball hoop. Wow. And so they said that 2 million HIV organisms can fit at the end of a sentence on top of a period. That's how small it is. Mm. So rather than putting your trust in your God, you put all of your trust in a piece of latex that you call a condom. And, mm. you know, according to the statistics, we've been taught that condoms have a 99% success rate. Well, the reality is, according to medical research, it has a 36% failure rate. So the inverse of that would be a 64% success rate. Now, Tanya, I don't know how long it's been since you've been in school, but it's been quite some time for me. Mm-hmm. But if you were to get a 64% on a test, an exam, or, <laughs> or, or paper, what, what what letter grade would that be? That's a big old fat F in Miss White's room right now. You see? F. So now we're relying on condoms which have a D or F rating to protect us. 
Mm-hmm. And so as a result, sexually transmitted diseases. And number five, the fifth expectation of the bedroom of ecstasy is death. There's so many people who are now six feet under the ground because of one sexual experience. And so in essence, sex is so serious now that we've got to begin to look at every person outside of a committed, fulfilling relationship as a potential murderer because it could be mm-hmm. him or her to be the very one to take you out of here. Woo, Sonny. <laughs> You have given given us some deep things to talk about. And if you just join Real Talk with Tanya White, we have Asani Pettifor on the line. We're talking about black guys, bed black guys in bedroom lives. Woo. Darnell, you have anything to say? All I know is I'm over here in school. Hey, I know well, it. I'm taking no <laughs> <laughs> I am taking much 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 notes. because uh, 'cause I've been exactly I've been the game player. I've been... Uh, no, not you, Tanya. Oh, yes, me. That's why no. I wrote the book, Relationship Reruns, that you can get at TanyaWhite.com, Amazon.com. Um, <laughs> I, I, hey, let me I, say, I read your book, and I tremendously, I've tremendously enjoyed it. Say so that again, Hassani Pettiford, best-selling author. I read your book and tremendously enjoyed it. So I encourage you to keep on writing because you have uh, a gift um, that you need to share with the world. Fantastic. Hey, Hassani, we have a caller from Oklahoma. We're going to take real quick. I appreciate that that plug, too. Your check's in the mail, Hassani. Hello. Welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White. Hi, Tanya. Hello. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm telling you, the Internet, it is hard to get on there. You are causing gridlock. Oh, well, praise the Lord. Because we're talking about sex games. That's what I I looked at it. I'm I'm, I'm following you on Twitter. And I have been trying for the past hour or so since you announced, you know, that the show was getting ready to start at around 6. I've been trying since around that time to get into the chat room. Wow. No luck. And then I'm I'm glad you just like a minute or so ago you posted the the phone number because I, there was no way to to get in otherwise to oh. it, it's it's madness. Wow. Well, do you have a comment for our guest? Well, giving us some I, I I I was just so lucky to get in. I had, okay. I'm just overwhelmed. I'm um. Who's the guest? Hassani Pettiford. He's the author of many books, uh, but one book we're talking about right now is Black. Thighs, black guys in bedroom lives. Black guys in bedroom. Mhm. Bedroom what? Lies. Bedroom lies. Yes. Uh, I haven't read his book. Okay. And and I well, have and any I, relationship questions. And, and I am ashamed to say that I haven't read his book because I try to read just about anything that has been written by any one African American or African period. Um, but uh, I can tell you that there are a lot of sex games that go on in the bedroom, and most of them are head games uh, that that I see uh, going on. Uh, in fact, I, I play some of them myself, and and, and I'm I'm embarrassed by that. Uh, you know, when you get mad, you don't want to want to do uh, certain things. Everybody gets to you know, everybody goes into withdrawal. What I'd like to ask though is, if somebody could explain to me. Um, at my age, why it is that when you have an argument, when you and your spouse argue or your significant other, whomever it is, have an argument or a problem, 
Um, around here, we call it MDT. It's magic uh, D therapy. Uh, they seem to think that sex resolves the issue. You know, it's like you, you argue, they have sex, and then men become clueless. The issue isn't resolved. You haven't talked about it. All you've done is had sex. And then, uh, it's a, you know, a week later, you're still angry about whatever it was you were arguing about. But they seem to be clueless about why you're still angry because you really didn't address the issue. All you did was have sex. And so it's still, you know, from where I'm sitting, it's still brewing. It's still, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just there like, like, a, like a slow boil, a low, like a burning ember just waiting to blow up, and, and they can't figure it out. It's like, well, she had sex with me, or, you know, and so everything should be okay now. Where does that come from? Well, having, so sex, one of those games. having sex to solve a problem in a relationship is really like putting a Band-Aid on a gashing wound. And exactly. The, the reality is most people don't have the relationship skills required to have a successful relationship. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you know, I know, Tanya, you go to church, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sure many people, your listeners may be in the church and may be saved and all that good stuff. If you got on a plane, if you were to fly from one end of the country to the next, would you care if the pilot is saved? Or would you care that he has the skill sets required to fly the plane? Skill sets required to fly the plane. If you go to a doctor, um, would you care if he's a nice person, or would you care does he have the skill sets and a license and all of the experience required to perform surgery on you? Skill sets. Okay. Likewise, in relationships, it's important that we develop relationship or couple skills. Many of us don't have that. So we come up with these quick fixes that we think will solve or medicate the problem. And in essence, it's like sweeping dirt under a rug, and it makes it worse. Because when you don't address issues, they fester, they build up, and they wind up exploding later in life. And so, yeah, a lot of people choose that as a course of action because they say, you know, the best sex that you could ever have is makeup sex. And yeah. if that will, is this that will change the nature of the relationship, and it really, really, really doesn't. And so that's where counseling is required, you know, seminars, you know, listening to shows like a Tanya White show to get the skills that are required to make things right in that relationship. Right. And see, and that's what I was saying. But see, in, I've been, my husband and I, we've been married for 24 years. And I've noticed with all of the married people we know, most of us have been married in double digits. And we, we kind of stay with each other. We don't deal with a lot of single you know, single women, uh, you know, it's like all the couples stay together, all the single people, they kind of hang out together. Unless they're looking for a husband, then we ask our husbands to find them somebody, you know, introduce some people or whatever. But it seems to be more the men who are initiating this 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 lack of communication ability than the women. They seem to, I'm not trying to down the men or anything, it just seems like they're the ones who lack that communication skill, uh, where when all else fails, when I'm losing the argument, you know, they, they want to do the makeup sex, and, and then that's, that's their answer to uh, resolving the issue. And then if that one doesn't work, then it's jewelry. And if the jewelry doesn't work, then it's a car. Uh, the last time it didn't work, I got a house. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, those kind of things. Uh, you know, I mean, and it's like it just progresses until it, it just becomes whatever it takes to shut her up and make her quiet. But the issue doesn't go away. I'm still angry. I'm in my new five-bedroom house with beautiful furniture, and I love it. But I'm still angry about something that happened three years ago that we we go to therapy about, but we don't address. And now there's stress in our relationship because he is overextended because we have two Lexuses, we have a five-bedroom house, and I keep telling him we need to downsize. I don't need a five-bedroom house. I don't need a Lexus. All I need is a hoopty. I need something that I can get to the grocery store and back with. I don't need this. I don't need that. I need to talk about what happened three years ago, you know, that brought us to this point. And he won't do that. He will get angry, and he will, you know, but that should be over. It's done now. We, you know, that was three years ago. It, for him, it's in the past because we had sex about it. He bought me jewelry. He bought me a car. He bought me a house. Well, let me just say quickly, the reason why he's engaging in sex with you and the reason why he's buying you all of these material possessions, because for him, it is his expression of love. This is a phenomenal book by Gary Chapman entitled The Five Love Languages, and it talks about how we all have a different love language, and we need to learn how to express our love through our partner's language. For instance, if your love language is physical touch, right, you mm-hmm. not sex, just physical touch. You like to be, you know, your hand held, your hair stroked, whatever the case may be. But he expresses his love by giving gifts. He's thinking he's doing a good job loving you, but you don't feel love because he's not giving you the physical touch that you require. And so, in essence, it's important for us to study our spouses, become students of our spouses, and figure out what turns them on and what works for them, because if we don't do that, we will continue to do what we've always done that has not worked. And so I encourage you to get that book by Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages. And so ask your husband, do you really love me? If his answer is yes, then begin to share with him how you expect him to express love that me- that's meaningful to you. Okay. Okay. Wow. And see, and we've done that. We've done that in. That's one of the exercises that we've done in therapy, and and it lasts as long as. His 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 idea of expressing love it's like, well what else can I do? Okay, I went to therapy. We spent a year in therapy. And I'm like, if you spend a year in therapy, honey, every four years we go end up in therapy someplace. If if something's still not working, we shouldn't have to you know, and, and we always come back to the same issue and then that's when I get something new. Um and so we it's like we're not we're hearing each other we're listening to each other, but we're not hearing what each other is saying. Right. Because I, I honestly don't understand how he doesn't get it. After, you know, after 24 years, he, he still doesn't well, get it. Well, well let me he doesn't also get me. Let, let me also say this um, to close up my, my thought regarding this. One thing, you know, you've been married a lot longer than I, but regardless of how long you've been married, one thing that we, you know, uh, the group that I associate with, we believe in is having marriage mentors, someone who's been married just a little bit longer or comparable to the amount of time we have, that has a quality relationship that we can glean from. In essence, they're acting as a third party 
type of couple that can pour into our lives and help us to see what's going on, you know, between us and our spouses. And so by having marriage mentors in my life, it's tremendously helped my relationship because I can hear something that my wife says all day long, but it doesn't click maybe until I hear someone outside of my relationship say the same thing. I get it, and then I begin to apply what they said, and it makes a change and a difference in my in my relationship. So that may be something you want to consider as well. Well, see, and we have, and most of the people that we know, we are one of the oldest couples. Uh, you know, most of them, we, we've been married 24 years, and there are a couple of 22, uh, and the rest are 18, 16, you know, 10. They're just starting to hit the double digits you know, 10, 12, in that age range, and they ask us for advice. And the only thing that I can tell them that we did was that there was no problem that we couldn't work through, uh, that would, what, that divorce wasn't an option. You know, that we before we got married, the first thing that happened was that we were friends before we got, you know, before the bedroom scene came along or anything else, because if you can't talk to each other, then what's the point? Uh, so we became friends first, and then when we decided to get married, uh, that that was something that we were interested in doing, uh, we sat down and we came up with a list of pros and a list of cons, and you know what would be the benefits of spending the rest of my life with you, and what would be the the you know the adversities of spending the rest of my life with you, and then we made a pact uh, between the two of us that you know what could happen that would cause one or the other of us to divorce, and we talked about it, it's like, well, you know, divorce just, that's that's not an option. That's, you know, if it, we can't work through it, you know, and we decided uh, the one thing that that if we had to have an option, it was repeated, one repeated mistake. You can make as many mistakes as you want, you know, because everybody has to learn. That's how you grow. You learn from your mistakes. You just couldn't keep making the same mistake over and over and over and over because then you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> you know, it's no longer a mistake. You're, now you're doing it for real, you know. So, but divorce is, you know, for us it's never been an option. We've spent, now there have been days that we've, we've, we've got kids who are in their 20s and stuff. And there have been days when I said I'm going to go spend some time with my grandbabies or he said I'm going to go and spend time with the boys who are going camping or something that we spent some time apart so that we could have some breathing room. But we've never done that. I'm I'm going to, you know, it's just over, I'm done you know, here, you know, call a lawyer, let's let's get it over, let's start dividing assets, you know, you take the water bed, I'll take this, let's, we just, divorce is never an option for us, mm-hmm. and and that's, uh, I think that's one of the things that just not even putting that on the table um, le- leaves us open for a lot of other options, like talking, communication, therapy, uh, counseling, uh, uh, you know, marriage count. There's a marriage retreat weekend thing. We did a couple of those. Those were fun. Uh, vacations. Uh, you know, him going camping, me going uh, to the Bahamas with with like the married girls. All of us going to the Bahamas. Him and the, all the boys going camping. You know, things like that. But we we just made it. Divorce wasn't an option. It's just that's just not something. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to cut you off. I love what you're saying, but Sonny, can you wrap it up for her? Or maybe she can contact you uh, personally because sure, I hear yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, if you want to talk further about it, you can definitely uh, email me at info at Hassani.com or just go to my website, www.hassani.com. That's H A 
S A N I. I have a Ask Asani uh, um, um, page on my site, and okay. we can probably give you some more feedback. Can, can you Twitter that into your spot so that yes. I can write it down? So, I, I, I'm doing um, it right now. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Thank you all. Have a blessed day, and thank you so much. It's an excellent topic, and we definitely need it. Okay, thank you. You have a fabulous weekend. You too. Okay. Asani. Yes. We went over a little bit, but wrap it up. We're gonna have a. We're gonna have you back for a whole probably hour, ninety minutes or so. I'm gonna email you tonight. So much to share. Um, I don't know. Final thoughts. Final Um, thoughts from Asani. Final thoughts from Asani would just be to. Uh, if you are in a relationship, do all that you can to make that relationship work. You know, um, understand that the foundation of every relationship should be a friendship. Because when you do have fights and arguments and you're at odds, at least you have something to fall back on, which is a foundation of friendship. And most of us got into relationships, but we never really were friends. We may love each other, but many of us just don't like each other. <laughs> if you're single and you're seeking a relationship, I would encourage you to do a self-assessment of yourself first. Get to know who you are. Understand that every individual has three relationships. It's the relationship that you have with God, which is that vertical relationship. Mm -hmm. It is the relationship that you have with yourself, which is internal. And then it's the relationship you have with others, which is horizontal. Mm -hmm. Most of us focus on the horizontal relationships and ignore the internal and the godly relationship. And so, therefore... We don't have quality relationships. So learn to love God, learn to love yourself, and everything else will fall into place. Yes. I call it living happily unhappy when you don't have every all those relationships into perspective. You just and for all those that are interested in, you know, getting the book Black Eyes, Black Eyes, yes. I also wrote another book, Pimping from the Pulpit to the Pews, Exposing and Expelling the Spirit of Lust in the Church. You can go to my website at hassani.com. That's H-A-S-A-N-I.com. And my new book will be out in May, and that is entitled Why We Hate Black Women, Deconstructing the Paradox of Black Female Masculinity. That's going to be a powerful one. Oh, May what? What's the the date on that, Hassani? You're going to be back in May. Well, we're going to have a big uh, release party um, uh, in Philadelphia, but we will also have a big online release party. So I hope that before that book comes out, I can definitely come back on the show and share the concept of that book with you as well. Listen, Hassani, whenever you want to come on Real Talk with Tanya White, you have a standing invitation. Thank you so you say, much. Tanya, look, I got something to say. We're going to make <laughs> space for Hassani Pettifor. All right. Thank you so much. You you all are wonderful. And listen, I encourage you to keep, keep on doing what you're doing. Write those books. Share your message because the world needs to hear it. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to follow up with you later tonight. And you have a fabulous weekend. As Take well care. as you too. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. You have just joined us. We had a phenomenal first session. Danielle, you're still over there? Girl, I'm over here. Girl, I know. That was some deep conversation. <laughs> Woo! I, I I got some of those game plans down. I'm going to replay this just like Curvy Queen. I want to say hello to everyone in the chat. We are running a little bit behind, but we like to say hello to Curvy Queen, First Lady Morgan, all the guests in the chat. And we are talking about relationship reruns tonight, why people stay stuck in unsatisfying, unfulfilling relationship ruts. This is based on my new book, Relationship Reruns, which you can get at TanyaWhite.com. And this month we are having a promotion. 
If you order the book, whether on TanyaWhite.com or Amazon.com, at the end of the month we're going to draw one winner, and that one winner can win $209 because for the 209 February month, uh, but you have to buy the book before February 28th. If you order off Amazon.com, you must email us your uh, receipt from Amazon at, and email it to us at realtalk at tanyawhite.com. Our next guest is on the line, Ms. Talaya Stovall, and we're going to click her right on, and we're going to jump right into her book, Crossing the Threshold, and she's going to give us, uh, from a woman's perspective, some issues dealing with relationships. So welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White, Ms. Talaya. Hi, Tanya. How are you? Hello. We are so sorry. We are running behind. But that we is quite all right. I was enjoying listening to Hassani. He, he, you know, he, he segued right into my book with his book. So, you know, God works it all out. He works it out. So briefly tell us who you are and how this book came to play. Well, I am, as you know, an author and speaker and adjunct instructor mm-hmm. at a few colleges here in Chicago. And I developed my love of writing as a child, grew up with it, knew by the age of 14 that I wanted to be an author, but this particular book came out of a telephone conversation that I had with a friend of mine. We've been friends for over 20 years, and we were just on the phone, and we got into a relationship discussion, as you know some of we women often mm-hmm. do. So I had to put aside the book I was working on because I felt like this was the book that I was supposed to complete first. So that's kind of, in a mm-hmm. nutshell, how it came about. I'm a writer, so I know exactly <laughs> what you mean, and I bet Darnell knows exactly Absolutely, I got three I'm working on simultaneously. Oh, so just, and how do you decide which one? Sometimes, you know, <laughs> it is definitely hard. I, I like it's funny because God just gave me a new book, and so I had to put the other two down so I can I get know. this. I know. The punches. Right. But we are definitely happy to have you on with us well, tonight, Talia. I appreciate it. We, you know, I really want to learn a little bit about your book. So, okay. so give us a synopsis of what Crossing the Threshold is all about. Well, it's written from a woman's perspective, Just, but the principles in the book apply to everybody, men and women. It was just too hard to write it that way, as you guys probably are familiar with. But it really is about valuing ourselves and getting rid of some of the negative mindsets that cause us to repeat the same mistakes over and over again in relationships. And and as Hassani said, I talk about the first relationship that we have should be our relationship with God because once we get that one right, then we can model all the rest of our relationships. If we know how to be loyal, if we know how to be responsible and all of those things trustworthy in that relationship, then we can be that way in our other relationships. Mm-hmm. But it's all about how sometimes we're looking at other women as being our competition when we have to turn the mirror on ourselves and realize sometimes it's our own ab- actions that are sabotaging our relationships. So we got to... Oh. Look Not at ourselves. Not necessarily to lay up. And how to do that. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, we've got to become self-aware and look at the good things, the things that we should value about ourselves and that, what we bring to the table that's positive. But we also have to be honest with ourselves about where we need to improve. We all have those areas of our lives that we need to improve, and it's going to improve our relationship if we identify those things. So about without getting too much into the book, I know we're going to get into some more of the uh, specifics, but we talk about deer hunting, how we're always on this search, you know, D-E-A-R, not D-E-E-R, mm-hmm. always on this search for that special relationship without really coming to grips with the fact that we have to be complete in ourselves before we can join to somebody else. Two halves don't make a whole in this situation. You've got to have two whole people in order to enter into a successful relationship. Wow. So we can yeah, talk we, about we, some we of the other. We talked about that, too, just grabbing mm-hmm. on to relationships. And your a premise was uh, one of the premises while I wrote my first book, How to Deal with a Difficult Woman, because mm-hmm. as a woman, 
we birth into the atmosphere not only uh, physically but spiritually, emotionally, uh, into the atmosphere and set the tone for society, whether we want to accept it or not. The attitudes, philosophies that we have because we are nurturers come from us. And so I I wrote that book uh, because we have to get ourselves together. We need to learn how to handle conflict, Uh realize that we're difficult, and know why we're difficult and heal from those past. But I want to talk about this Cinderella syndrome. Okay. Um, Yeah, That is what I want to talk about. That's one of the chapters in the book. And just to let your listeners know, the book is organized into four sections, uh, and then we will get into that one. But uh, the first section talks about defining the doors, and we talk about all the different types of doors, that, that mentalities that people can have in relationships. The second one is called The Search is On, and that's when we talk about that deer hunting and watch out for the enemy and Cinderella syndrome. The third section is called Watch Out. It's talking about not being a bag lady, letting go of that baggage, not settling for Mr. in the meantime when he doesn't belong to you, letting go of those relationships. And then we, the last section is door construction, how to develop yourself into the doorbell, becoming what you're seeking, loving yourself first, recognizing the difference between love and infatuation, all those kinds of issues. So um, let's... Uh, you want to jump into Cinderella syndrome, or do you want yeah, to explain right to Cinderella? Okay, because I want as little girls, we that is one of the fairy tales that we believe yes, it is, and, been ingrained to. And that's exactly what it is. We grow up with this this fairy tale of how life is just going to be so perfect, and the you know prince is going to ride up on the white horse and just take us away from it all. And and you know if you notice in the fairy tales. Cinderella, Snow White, Rapunzel, none of them really had to do anything else except just sit and be pretty and just wait for the prince to come. And a lot of times we get caught up in that and we feel like that's going to happen in reality. And then, you know, you turn 30, you turn 35, and, you know, years clicking off, and you realize, wait a minute, what am I, you know, what's going on? And a lot of times we have a tendency to look at the other side, well, what's wrong with the men, or, you know, these women are taking our men, or, you know, whatever it is, and we turn the mirror everywhere but on ourselves. You know, we realize we can't wait for somebody to rescue us. If you want a house, buy yourself a house. If you want mm-hmm. a vacation, take yourself on vacation. Don't sit around and wait for somebody else to come and make your life complete. You have to make your own life complete. You know, know who you are, know whose you are, and, and live in the moment that you're in. Appreciate the time and the phase of your life that you're in before you move to the next phase. So if you, if you can't be content by yourself, you're not going to be content with somebody else. So Never. go ahead and make sure you're living a fulfilled life, and then, you know, that prince, wherever he is, he's going to see you out doing your own thing and say, hey, you know, who's that over there? Let me let me see what's going on with her. He's not going to come and knock on the door of your home like he did with Rapunzel <laughs> and Snow White and all those, you know, unless he's the UPS man. He's not coming to your door, so you got to get out and... Live your own life. Live your life. That's what mm-hmm. T.I. says. Live your life. That's right. And I heard Beyonce say on Oprah, you have to have a life before you are a wife. And That's as right. You're, as you're living that life, because a lot of women do have lives, but at the first sniff of the sight of a potential long-term oh. relationship, oh, they, they put that life, they, they put, put their friends, they mm-hmm. put their commitments, they mm-hmm. put their goals aside and just pour everything, and, and this is in the first week of meeting. Absolutely. You're not talking about months of dating. Oh, yeah, you, they'll see themselves down the aisle as soon as they meet somebody. I mean, I, I've known women like that. It's like, okay, you don't even know. You don't know yourself. Yeah, and that's the first thing. you got to know who you are. Yeah. And that's why, can I talk about the doors a little bit? That's where the doors come into play. That's The whole thing out of the phone conversation when I was talking to my friend, we started talking about, the, the woman who 
will just do anything to be in a relationship like the one you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. And she'll just give and give and, you know, take care of his kids and pay his mm-hmm. mortgage or whatever. She'll do anything in order to keep a man in her life. And it's because she doesn't value herself enough for who she is and what she brings to the table. So she thinks she has to take anything that comes her way. So we call that mentality the doormat. Mm. She, you know what happens to doormat. She yeah. gets walked off. But then, as I said, on the other end of the spectrum, there's another woman who's the exact opposite of the doormat because it's all about her. Mm-hmm. She thinks she doesn't have to do anything because, you know, he should just be glad to have her. She's the prize. Mm-hmm. So we called her the door prize. But I said somewhere in the middle there's a woman that's God-focused, that's self-aware, that knows how to be in a healthy relationship. She gives because she wants to give, not because she's trying to buy somebody's affection. Right. And so we called her the doorbell because she's the bell of the ball. So that's kind of how the whole basic premise came about. And then we got into all the, I just kind of went through the dictionary and picked out all the door words that I could find, like the doormat, I mean like the doorkeeper and the door knocker. Those are the ones that, the door knocker is the ones that always judges your relationship. She may not have one, but she's going to criticize yours, you know, maybe because she doesn't want to lose her friend or maybe Mm -hmm. because she doesn't have a man herself. You got the doorknob, that's the one who's kind of been touched by everybody. The doornail, dead as a doornail. She doesn't project any life, so men tend to just pass over her. Mm. You got the door plate, all flash and no substance. You got the trap door, the one that kind of, she's beautiful and on the outside and kind of sucks you in, but you don't know what you're going to find once you really get to know. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Got several more of the doors, but I won't get into all of them. And then there are some good doors also. But the door that we want to develop ourselves into is the doorbell. As you said, mm. that's the woman. I call her the Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. She ha- is well-rounded. She takes care. And a lot of times, I used to struggle with that. Proverbs 31 woman sounds like a married woman. But right. when no, you really read it, she's not. She's, just, woman. she's a woman who is fulfilled in her purpose. She yeah. takes care of those who are in her family, you know, or in her circle of friends. She has a job. She has, you know, not a job. She has a career. She's an yeah. entrepreneur. She takes care of business. She, she's well-rounded. She has it going on all around. So that's really what we need to develop ourselves into. We need to be in our purpose, whatever it is that God has called us to do. We need to make sure that we are in that purpose. I use uh, an example of Ruth and Boaz in the book. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, she sounds like a Cinderella story, but she wasn't just sitting around waiting for somebody to find her. She was mm-hmm. out working in her purpose, and that's where he found her. <laughs> so we just need to... Get in our purpose and do what it is that we're supposed to be doing instead of focusing so much on having a mate in our lives. And then the right mate will be drawn to us. He will be drawn to us. And and when you find him, he's going to want you to tell women. I taught singles for so long, and I I try to press this point home. He's going to want you to continue doing what you was doing when you met him. Mm -hmm. That's right. The, the, The one for you. The one for you is not going to complain about you being too busy. Mm-hmm. He's not going to complain about you doing this or that. Right. He is going to love you and respect that you had a life before him. Right. And that you're trying at the appropriate time to carve out, as trust builds, more time for that relationship. Because Absolutely. we all, it's, it's just so many women, and men do it. I, I, I know men that just give their all to somebody they don't even know. That's mm-hmm. why I wrote Relationship Rerun. And right. then a month later, 
they found out, oh, this is not the one for me. Yeah. Then the next week they meet somebody, do the same thing over, mm-hmm. oh, this is not the one for me. But there are signs, and we're, we're, we're out of time to lay up, but I've got a date. I'm going to email you right now because we're going okay. to have back for uh, uh, 45 minutes. All right, yeah, that sounds like about the right, right amount of time. Yeah, specifically about women. Uh, but uh, any last thoughts you want to leave us with and with your, leave us with your contact information so we can get this book cross, crossing the threshold. Okay, my um, website is taleastoval.com. I'll spell www.talayahstovall.com. So taleastoval.com. And if you forget how to spell that, if you put in like doormat, door prize, doorbell, you'll mm-hmm. you know connect to it also. Uh, but, yeah, I'd love to come on and talk to you some more. We just kind of barely scratched the surface. so uh, I know it. Can, uh, we're going to have you on in year. March. i got a date already. I'm okay, going to email to you. Okay. Doria, do you have any uh, last words for Talaya? I, I think your concept is great. I'm on your website. I see lots of great things. I just want to just thank you so much for being a part of the show tonight. We really appreciate you. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You are. You have a fabulous night to lay, and I'll you follow too. up with you later. All right. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Woo. We have had a hot show already, and we're at the halfway point. We have the loveologist on the line who's just going to just blow it up even more. But, Danielle, I want you to give your contact information before we go to break. Sure, absolutely. We can be found at Incredible One Enterprises, www.incredibleoneenterprises.com, and the one is spelled out. Yes. Find out about our books. If you understood my past, you would understand my praise, The Incredible You, and Dream the Incredible. Yes, get her get her products. Go to my website, TanyaWhite.com, again, I have two books, How to Deal with a Difficult Woman, and my uh, latest book, Relationship Reruns, which we are running a promotion this month. You order the book this month by February 28th, we will draw one winner who will win $209 as because February is 209 uh, And if you order at Amazon.com, you must email us your, uh, your receipt to Real Talk at Tanya White. We're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, Darnell, we're going to have the loveologist. On the line, he's going to give us some uh, relationship advice for some list, uh, some email listeners who email some questions in and hopefully take some live calls because All he has right. a fantastic show on Sunday nights. Who He does a phenomenal job of talking about relationships, and he's real about them too. That's why he's on the show, a Real Talk with Tanya White. So we'll be, we'll be back in about three minutes, and we're going to have the loveologist on the line. Sounds great. May I have your attention, please? Do not attempt to adjust the radio. Stay tuned as we bring you this brief announcement. Greetings, family. This is TC and J&J Live Talk Radio. Stopping by let you know about our broadcast. You never know what to expect on J&J Live Talk Radio. We do interviews. We just added Mega Mondays. Also, living a single life and much, much more. You can join us at any time by logging on to www.jfjlivetalkradio.com. Once again, that's www.jfjlivetalkradio.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show or you need more information, please contact this number, 216-539-0630. Again, that's 216 216- 
539-0630. Let's unify and take radio to the next level. God bless you. productive, and long-lasting relationships in her new book, Relationship Reruns, How to Break the Cycle of Choosing the Wrong People for the Right Relationship. Being trapped in a relationship rerun is extremely frustrating and emotionally draining. If you find yourself in an irritating cycle of unwanted, unsatisfying, and unhealthy relationship patterns year after year, then this book is sure to break the chains that keep you bound to having the wrong people in your life. The brand new book, Relationship Reruns, How to Break the Cycle of Choosing the Wrong People for the Right Relationship, and also How to Deal with a Difficult Woman, is now available by logging on to www.tanyawhite.com. Once again, that's www.tanyawhite.com. Pick up your copy today. And we are back. Thank you for joining us at Real Talk with Tanya White. We're talking about relationship reruns tonight. In our first hour, we had Hassani Pettifor who broke down the sex games that men and women play Trust me, he will be back uh, soon for uh, a full uh, 90 minutes about that. Phenomenal. Visit him at HassaniPettiford.com. We just heard from Taleo Stovall, who broke down the different doors that uh, women are in relationships. Visit her at TaleoStovall.com. But right now, Darielle, we have one of Blog Talk Radio's uh, most fabulous and finest, relationship host he hosts a show on sunday nights called the loveologist live and let me tell you i can barely get in that chat sometimes because it's so filled with many people who want to know about relationships so i asked him to come on and do uh ask the loveologist segment so uh he has some questions from some of our email uh listeners who emailed and wants him to break down their relationship drama. And anyone who is out there who's listening who wants to ask ask the loveologist a question, please feel free to give us a call at 347-215-6446. We're going to click him on now and welcome him to Real Talk with Tanya White. I hope it is. Hold on. Hello, loveologist. Good evening. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm kind of blushing with that intro. <laughs> hey, listen, you are the man. I'm telling you, I can barely get in your chat sometimes. So uh, you get some good stuff on relationships, and I'm honored that you join Real Talk with Tanya White tonight to give us some of that same wisdom that you share on your show. I appreciate that. I want to say thank you very much for having me. I'm actually very humbled to be on your show today. 
know that you have a wonderful show, wonderful audience, and uh, looking forward to answering a few questions. Yes. Well, we emailed you some questions. Uh, first of all, like uh, we have Danielle Jervie. She is my incredible co-host today. Danielle, would you like to say anything? Hello, loveologist. Hey, how you doing? I am awesome. I'm I'm looking over the questions that we sent over to you, and so I'm excited to hear your answers. Oh man, there were some doozies. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Relationships are doozies. I'm telling you, I I, yeah. I get them all the time. I know you get them all the time, and everybody's trying to get this relationship thing together. Loveologist, tell us well, who you well, are before you dive in, though. Sure. Um, you can actually uh, reach me Sunday nights on the Blog Talk Radio Network. That's LoveologistLive.com. Uh, you can also check out my website. That's Lovologist.com. And you can also tune in to uh, actually follow me on Twitter, and that's Twitter.com forward slash Lovologist. Of course, if you're not with the Twitter wave and you'd much rather hit me up on MySpace, then you can hit me up on MySpace.com forward slash Lovologist. Um, I've been given relationship advice for quite a number of years. Um, I think I'm just like everybody else. It started off with friends who were having relationship problems, and then it just ballooned up from there. Uh, I realized that relationships, uh, there really isn't a set format when it comes to relationships unless you really truly concentrate on yourself first. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of the things that we're missing in relationships nowadays is that we don't really concentrate on what's really important in relationships, and that's ourselves. We're always focused on the other person. And I guess as we listen to these emails, you're, you're definitely going to see why. Mm-hmm. Well, go ahead and get started. Do How you want to do this, love? Do you want one of us to read it and you give the answer? Yeah, you guys can go ahead and read it off to me because I'm nowhere near my computer right now. So. All right. Darnia, you want to go ahead? Sure. I'm going to go with, M.S. of Tennessee, mm-hmm. I am a male in my late 30s who has been married for four years. Before I married my current wife, I was struggling, a struggling blue-collar worker and a single dad of two. Although my wife is a great person whom I care for deeply, but I did not want to get married at the time because I was not financially or emotionally ready for such a commitment. However, I succumbed to her pressures and ultimatums of marriage or hit the road because we had been living together for three years before we got married. Honestly, I needed a reprieve financially, and she was very anxious, almost desperate, to foot the bill financially during the entire relationship. We did not get to know each other appropriately before the rush commitment of living together and then the marriage. Now I am regretting my decision to marry, and I don't know what to do. And so he goes on to say that his wife has been trying to get pregnant for two years without success and has told her on several occasions that he was not ready for children, but she continues to ignore his concerns and constantly says that he will never understand her desire because he already has children. He needs help. He is sick and tired of being stuck in this marriage. <laughs> I think one of the easy way outs for that young man is just to say spend 199 bucks, get a divorce, and then move on. Of course, that's always the easy way out. Um, but then he'd be stuck with, well, what was it that I really truly did wrong in the last relationship because I did everything right? Mm-hmm. Now, in this case here, he didn't do everything right, and this is to UMS. 
Uh, one of the things that you didn't do is that you really didn't, com and I'm going to start from the very beginning, didn't communicate to your fiancé as to your wants and your needs at that time. You said that you had a desire of not getting married because you didn't think that you were financially stable. So one of the things that you really truly needed to do is really, really communicate the fact that you, did, you didn't want to get married because obviously with men, they have to feel like that they're the caretakers, if you will. Okay. Now, you know, you do have your loser of men who <laughs> want to get taken care of, okay, but we're not going to get into that one right now, okay. He actually sounds like that he's a genuine man who really wants to take care of things. He's a single man, two children, okay, yes. that he really, truly wants to take care of things. He should have communicated his wants and needs from the very beginning. Say, hey, look, we're not ready. Um, I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with that. I got financial issues, not only that. Um, and, and the thing about this whole issue is, is that he had probably about three or four times to, quote, unquote, get out of his situation that he was in, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning, he could have um, told the young lady, hey, look, um, everything is not really the greatest as of right now. Let's try to um, do what it is that we can as of right now, and then in the future, you know, maybe we can look as far as the marriage thing. Now, with a lot of women, they feel that, you know, once you're shacking up with a person and you shack up with a person for a long period of time, well, you know what? The obvious course is marriage. And, yes, that can be true. But what you have to understand is that it's a joint venture into it. Mm -hmm. And if you only got one willing party, then everything ends up getting messed up in the end, whether it's four years for this person, 10 years, 15 years down the road because things weren't communicated in the very beginning. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I want to get out as far as two men, that you shouldn't have to succumb to ultimatums. Yes, okay. Yes. When a woman, and this is vice versa, a woman shouldn't have to succumb to ultimatums from, from a man. Okay. Once you start getting the ultimatum, if you don't do this, then this will happen, then that's the time when you really truly need to leave the relationship alone. Just mm -hmm. basically rub your scrape knee, <laughs> okay, and say to yourself, okay, this didn't work out. Because what ends up happening is that once you do succumb to the ultimatum and things don't end up working the way that you really truly want them to work out in the relationship, you end up resenting your partner, okay? Mm -hmm. And when you resent your partner, then there's no way that, um, and it sounds like he's at that stage as of right now where he's actually resenting his wife as of right now. Right. Okay, yeah. that, that's one of the things that you really truly need to do is not succumb to the ultimatum, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, let's get to the crux of his issue. Mm -hmm. Where do, and, and another thing that I want to mention before I get to the crux of his issue, um, marrying someone for finances, mm -hmm. I mean, the, I understand that we're, quote, unquote, living in a recession and that two heads are better than one, but if you're going to marry someone for financial reasons, Make sure that you're really, truly marrying your best friend and your partner. Mm -hmm. If you're just marrying a woman that you're shacking up with, then everything that you try to work on together is just, is just kind of like a, a wet cement foundation. Okay, mm -hmm. You have the foundation laid out, but it's wet cement, and the cement will always be wet. Okay, mm -hmm. So you definitely don't want to marry anybody because of financial purposes. 
want to marry somebody because you love that person, you're in love with that person, you see that that person can definitely help out as far as building your kingdom together, okay? So that's definitely very, very important. What she needs to do is respect his wishes. And one of the things that he has to really truly do, because it sounds like to me that he hasn't communicated anything to her from day one, okay? Uh, he's basically has succumbed to her wishes as far as uh, getting married, and he's about to succumb to her wishes as far as having a baby is concerned, and she's not listening. What he needs to do is literally just sit down with her and have her listen. Listen to everything. And it doesn't matter if it ends up being a month-long argument. He needs to sit down and really truly communicate what it is that he really truly wants and what it is that he really truly needs in order for them together to have a fruitful relationship because it's not about her. It's about what's going to happen within the relationship together. Now, I'm not mad at his wife, okay, because of the fact that, you know, all this time she said what she's wanting, she's gotten it from him, <laughs> okay? Okay. So, so, so she can continue to ask and ask and ask and ask until eventually he's going to end up resenting, putting his foot down, and next thing you know they're headed to divorce court. I'm also not mad at her because, and I can definitely see her side of it, that she, she wants to migrate from stepmommy to mommy, mm-hmm. okay? So, uh, and the, with majority of women nowadays, and I'm not saying all women, I don't want to generalize anybody, okay? But the majority of women yearn to have babies. That's what they're built for, okay? Mm-hmm. So um, she sees the love that he gives to his children, it's quite natural that she would want the same thing for him also and it be her child. Not that there's anything wrong with her being a step-parent. I'm pretty sure that she enjoys being a step-parent. But also at the same time, what you have to realize is that women want to have babies. I'm talking about the majority of women. You know, there's a few women that don't want to have babies, which is fine, (laughs) okay? But uh, the natural occurrence for women is that they want to have children. Now, what he really, really, truly needs to do in the end, what he needs to do is sit down with his wife and say, look, baby, this is what's going on. And he needs to start from the very beginning, from when they first met, Mm -hmm. so when she wasn't communicating, (laughs) okay? Mm -hmm. And he needs to point these things out to her, not in a yelling, screaming fashion. There's a way that you can talk to somebody. And he needs to start from the very beginning and start telling her exactly what his wants are are because his voice hasn't been heard throughout the whole relationship. I think that in the end, one of two things are going to happen. She's either going to respect his wishes, and if she's a true woman, she'd help him get to where he needs to be so that he could feel comfortable in order to have children, okay? If she's a true woman. Okay. Well, what I see, too, she has some uh, controlling issues. Even though he hasn't asked for what he wanted, He has asked, but has not been consistent. So she's really ignoring him, and it's all about her. That's what I I also see in here. I don't know. Exactly. And 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 it's not that he hasn't communicated, and I know he'll probably listen to the show, and he's probably ripping out his hair right now Mm -hmm. because he's like, what do I do now? What do I do now? It's not that you haven't communicated. You have to figure out another way. Okay, to communicate, because the way you've been doing it now for the past four years hasn't worked, okay? 
And even if, and one of the things that I like to recommend every now and again for people is that you even seek some type of marriage counseling. It doesn't have to be, you know, with a psychotherapist or anything like that where you have to uh, pay 300 bucks an hour for. Mm-hmm. But it could be literally the pastor at your church. Uh, it could uh, be a third party where the third party can step in, just like I'm a third party that steps in and actually sees all this looking from the outside looking in. Uh, be able to come in and say, hey, look, sweetie, this is what you're doing wrong. Sir, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you can do to make it, make it right. But what he has to do is literally start communicating over again. He needs to start over again from scratch because the way he's communicating as of right now is not working. No, it's not at all, and he is frustrated. You have another question. That's a great uh, answer, Lovologist. That's very uh, Danielle? Okay. Uh, let's go to Stacy from Texas. Is it wrong to strongly encourage my fiancé to not hang around his best friend who cheats on his wife? My argument is that birds of a feather flock together. If I am not wrong, then how do I persuade my fiancé to stop hanging, hanging around this cheater? You're what dead you got? You're dead wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. Dead. <laughs> you are so dead wrong it's ridiculous because then you're getting into controlling what type of friends that your uh that your mate has wow. and once you start controlling what type of friends that your mate has then that's when in the end if your mate starts talking away friend after friend after friend because of the fact that you don't like some things that certain friends do then eventually he isn't going to have no one else to turn to you uh, see, people in relationships, I think where a lot of people get it wrong is that they assume that in a relationship, in a marriage, or, you know, going to a marriage, or what have you, that it's only about you two. You have to imagine two circles, and you have to imagine two circles merging together, okay? Not completely merging together, but just halfway merging together. Right. And you have three parts of that circle, okay? Right. The middle part of that circle is um, literally what you guys do together, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the things that you share. And the two other rings, which look like half-crescent moons, okay, those are the areas where the, the man shares his one area and the woman shares her one area, and you need to leave it at that, okay? What the mistake that we make as far as in relationships, because relationships have evolved. Now, back in when our mothers and our grandmothers were in relationships. The crescent moon, uh, make that the crescent moon was a little bit smaller and the, uh, the circles actually look like they're on top of each other, exactly. okay? That's just the way they were in relationships, okay? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's a little bit further apart. See, what we have to realize is that once we start having to rely on our mates for everything, then what, what other outside resource do we have to go to? as far as to talk about some of the issues that you have as far as in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you always need that third party, okay? Just like men always need to go out and have that football buddy that he needs to watch football with every Sunday. You can't take that away from him. Mm-hmm. What is he going to do if you don't enjoy football? We all have our different interests because we're all different people, okay? So who are we, who are we to tell somebody that you can't be with this person and you can't be with that person? Now, I understand her position, okay? Mm -hmm. She's figuring, well, you know what? If my husband's hanging around with a cheater, 
he's liable to cheat also. But this is the message that I have for her. Mm. You have to trust your mate. That's right. You have to trust him. If you don't trust him, then you might as well just knock out every single last one of his friends because you're always going to find something wrong with each and every one of his friends that he has. Now, I'm pretty sure the reason, and, and probably I have to give dude kudos, okay, because probably the reason why she found out about this guy cheating was probably through her mate. Mm-hmm. So even if he was able to communicate to her, hey, look, you know, dude's messing around on his wife, mm-hmm. you have to at least give that guy kudos to say, you know what, he's actually able to communicate that to, her mate, uh, to his mate because, to be honest with you, it would have been well within his right to keep that away from her because of this reaction. Right. That is so true. You're right. Um, that's some great stuff. Anybody wants to call in, 347 215 Six four four six. Stacy, trust your partner. Uh, <laughs> trust your partner because, and, and see, I think that uh, in relationships, there's uh, a couple of things that you have to realize in relationships is that a you have to have communication, uh, yeah. b you have to have trust, c you have to have love. Okay, mm-hmm. those are like the three major parts of the relationship. If your trust is lacking then how can you have any type of communication or any love towards somebody? If your communication is lacking, how can you trust that person from what you're communicating and how can you even say that you love that person when you can't even communicate with them? So you have to have those essential parts. And there are a couple other parts in relationships that you'd have. I'm just not thinking at the top of my head as of right now. But I know that those are the three real essential things that you have to have in the relationships. And as far as with Stacy, you're not, uh, and, and Stacy's kind of right. You know, birds of a feather do flock together, okay? But you do have uh, when the birds do fly in a flock, um, they necessarily don't follow each other, if you will. They end up going to, you know, a destination but ended up getting there separately, <laughs> okay? And my thing for her is that if she takes her friend away, then he, she, he might develop some of the characteristics that his friend has. Yeah. One one person in the chat, Sun seven five two said the problem is gonna come when he has ambitions of going astray and his friend won't talk him out of it. Hmm. Do you think that's true? Well I, I think it's it's gonna if if he's gonna do it it was already in him to do it. Exactly. So, exactly. And and it's it was already ingrained for him to do it anyway. Yeah. And uh there's something that's lacking in the relationship anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can tell you that the more she starts taking away friends, then in the end, um, she's not going to have a man. She's going to have, you know, she's going to be by herself wondering where her friends are. Yeah. And and you mentioned something about the times have changed. I know my, when my mother, uh, when my dad died, mm-hmm. my mother was devastated because they Definitely. came from the time you, le- you left home, you got mm-hmm. married, mm-hmm. that was your family, you grew mm-hmm. your family. So when my when my dad died, uh, she uh, my, my, my mother was depressed for the whole nine years um, mm-hmm. until she passed away. Um, mm-hmm. But I could uh, after the funeral, we was trying to rebuild our life. I could see like half of my mother was gone, you mm-hmm. know, because it was like she didn't know it was always Joe and Irma. Joe and Irma mm-hmm. from the time she was like twenty years old, and so exactly. that was more than you know. She was with my dad, you know, over half mm-hmm. her life. Uh, mm-hmm. Before he died, so that is very, very true point that 
the it's called a Venn diagram. You talk right. about the two circles coming together, uh, right. the commonalities, and then the separate. That is so true that you have to have that commonality, but you also it goes back to me saying that you have to remain whole and single as individual as a person because mm-hmm. if you lose yourself, what if that person dies? What if that person leaves? What if that person gets sick and you have no other outside life? It's going to be hard for you to bounce back and and regroup after that. Definitely, definitely. Uh, all right. Uh, I think I want to go to the single ladies uh, issue. That's where I was going next time, y'all. But go ahead, Thorn, yeah. We have about eight more minutes of the loveologists, and we are having a fabulous time. Thank you so much. I'm taking all these notes over here. Uh, well, I was reading the question that Rhonda from Ohio had, and it just naturally made me transition down to the, the song that Beyonce has out now, Single Ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Question was, why do men say they don't want a commitment but always get ex- upset when a woman grants the wish and starts dating other men? And so naturally when you think about the lyrics to that song, you know, you had your turn and now you got to learn what it really means like to miss B. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about why why is this song being so misinterpreted? Because I really think, you know, men hate it, women love it, but at the end of the day we're missing the message. Mm-hmm. I think, well, for one, I don't like the song. That's just my <laughs> personal opinion. <laughs> of course, being a man, I, I, I don't think there's a man out there that actually likes that song. <laughs> no, they like the video, but they don't they like, like the, the video, song. They definitely don't like the song. Um, I, there's something about men that people need to realize. And one of the things that men have is ego, Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like women like to put men through tests, which, you know, I mean, they put men through tests worse than your English professor did back in college, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. Men put women through that same test as well, okay? When a man definitely says, when, man, uh, when a man says something along the lines of, well, you know, I really don't want too much, but, you know, um, uh, he can kick it and do this and do that, and then he gets angry if you're picking it with somebody else, then it's it's quite obvious that he was digging you more than expected, okay? And I think where we have issues is that we don't reevaluate, uh, we don't reevaluate relationships at a certain point, okay? Mm-hmm. And let me and let me let me give you an example, okay? Um, let's say you go into a relationship and it's strictly sex, mm-hmm. okay? It's strictly a sex thing, and for the first two months of the relationship, you have sex, okay? Then what happens is is that obviously over a period of time, especially if it's real good, okay, um, you start developing feelings for that person. What we make the mistake in doing is that we continue along that same path of the relationship, and we tell the person we have feelings, and you know, uh, the other person's like, well, I really don't. And then your feelings get hurt, and, you know, next thing you know, you get into a fight, and then, you know what, guess what, you lost your sexual butt. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. What I mean by reevaluating is that there comes a time in a relationship where you really have to reevaluate your positions. Let's say you do start developing feelings. You want to communicate those feelings to that person. That person doesn't have those same feelings, and you know what? You have one of two choices. You can hang in there until that person develops feelings, or you can get out and say, you know what? I don't want to deal with it anymore, and then deal with the hurt at that point, mm-hmm. okay? To answer the young lady's question, 
men have egos that are that are the size of bigger than their bodies. Okay, and I'm six four two forty. Okay, so my, my ego is huge. Okay, um, and what ends up happening is the thought. Even if a man is having um, sexual relations with one woman, the thought of another man. And I'm not talking about all men now. I'm talking about the majority of men. Mm-hmm. The thought, the thought of um, well, his woman that he's having sex with, having sex with another man, it kills him. Mm-hmm. Okay, because for men it's a competition thing. It's a competitive thing yeah. for him. Okay, so it's definitely an ego thing. So it isn't the fact that um, he has an issue with you going out and dating other people. It's actually who you're dating because he's, he's trying to stay up with the Joneses. He wants to try to compete. If somebody else comes in, that infringes on their time, and, uh, and they don't like that too much. And I'm talking about the majority of men, okay? Now, there are some men that can definitely handle it out there, but I'm telling you that there, aren't men, there are men out there that can't handle it. So in that case scenario where um, he's saying, well, um, I, I really think that, you know, it's a good idea for you to start dating other people. All it is is that he just caught feelings. That's what he just said. <laughs> That's all he just said, that he, that he didn't say it, okay? Yeah. And, and you have to be able to decipher the hidden language also. Yeah. He's wow, trying to te- yeah, he's trying to tell you in a way. He's trying to tell you in a way without having to say it that my feelings for you have changed. <laughs> <laughs> read the signs, ladies. Read, read the, the signs. signs. Yes, read the signs. My feelings for you have changed, and um, and maybe that's when, uh, from a woman's standpoint, maybe she needs to explore the relationship just a little bit deeper. Yeah, I like what you said. Reevaluate because that's so true. Uh, when the relationship is not based on anything solid in the beginning, and then mm-hmm. somebody's feelings starts to change. Um, we need to talk about it and really talk about it and not just say it one time, have an argument, and forget about it. Um, right. And then you need to listen. If one person says, you know, I'm really not ready for it, you need to back away because all you're doing is hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. I know so many people who are dealing with it right now. One party has said, you know what, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And they say, okay, but every week, Especially when he tries to go hang with the buddies. Mm-hmm. Why don't you want to be with me? <laughs> well, we're not a couple. Right. So I keep trying to tell this other party, he needs to back away because then she's going to turn into Jasmine Sullivan pretty soon. And mm-hmm. the window's at the car. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because it's going to get to that point because she keeps trying to, she's fooling herself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this actually, want something. And this actually brings up another point also. Where, and it all goes back to communication also, because I, I know someone who uh, is actually involved with the young lady, and mm-hmm. she says, you know, I want to be with you, I want to be with you, I want to be with you, but in the end she says, but I'm not ready to take this relationship to another level. Mm-hmm. Now, in that case, what a person has to realize is that, you know what, maybe this young lady is kind of confused. Yeah. And you need to take a step back yourself until she gets herself together. And once you do that, 
then you'd be shocked as far as with what the outcome is. Either A, you'll find out that you guys just end up being great friends, yeah. or B, you know, you end up finding something else because you're not uh, backlogged <laughs> into trying to figure exactly. out what's going on in this woman's mind because a woman's mind is very it can be confusing to say the least as far as from a man's point of view. And, and a lot of people like to think men are simple, but, you know, if they're a man like myself, I'm a very analytical person. Mm-hmm. So I like diving into things and look at things analytically and see exactly what's going on. Right. Um, so I guess all I can say more than anything is that be sure that your communication ears are on when dealing with any type of relationship mm-hmm. because without them, then why are you in it? Exactly, and 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 with men and women, it is okay for us to be friends. I'm so hurt that we've lost that that uh, friendship between men and women. Just platonic mm-hmm. friends. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. At yeah, all. you have you have a section of society, Tanya, that actually says that men and women can't be friends, which. I really kind of frown at that section of society mm-hmm. because you know they always assume that you can't have you can't have friends because they always want to you can't have friends of the opposite sex because they'll always end up sleeping with each other and that's totally not true. Yeah, uh, it, it really isn't. And, and granted, you know we're attracted to people and there's a lot of people that we're attracted to, but being being grown-ups, yeah. we can actually decipher what's really truly right and what's exactly. really truly wrong. And for the sector of society that says that men and women can't be friends, then I have to actually question their maturity level as far as um, we're, we're, how, how mature are they, really, mm-hmm. to be able to handle uh, a woman that, that's a friends with a man. Yeah. Some of my best friends are men, and it's strictly platonic. Yes. And uh, strictly platonic, and we just – just talking, and like I'm very analytical too, so great <laughs> conversations, but there's nothing Definitely. wrong. We do have a question from Miss Curvy Queen, loveologist, and I'm going to click her on. Hello, Curvy Queen. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? All righty, you had a question? Yes, I actually texted in the chat room. Um, okay. For me, for some reason when I'm dating someone, Mm-hmm. and it's going well, and it's ready to go to the next level, I get really, really nervous, and I start backing away, or I walk away. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm i like, I don't understand why I do that. I'm afraid of, it's not that I'm afraid of commitment. I really don't know what it is that I'm afraid of, and I really don't want a house full of cats when I get old. <laughs> I need to learn to, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, why am I so afraid? I think I know I think I know the answer to your question and I can actually hear it okay mm-hmm. um your issue is is that you there's somebody in your past that really ran you down mm-hmm. and ran you over okay mm-hmm. that you still haven't gotten over as of yet okay you can say in your mind I've been over it I've got over it and things of that nature but in actuality you haven't gotten over it because of the fact that you'd be able to hop into another relationship that you actually see as good and mm-hmm. you're not doing anything about it. What you need to do is literally just look at every person that you're involved with in your past, okay, whether it's three guys, five guys, 20 guys, what have you, okay, whatever the number is. You need to really truly evaluate who you were with, and you need to get over what it is that you're really truly dealing with subliminally, 
because there's kind of like a mental block that you're going through as of right now that you can't move forward because what it is is that you've built a wall around yourself and what you need to do is actually unblock that wall. You unblock that wall by getting rid of whatever it was that you dealt with. You need to deal with what you went through in the past. Okay. I mean, that's, it sounds, to me it sounds very... I don't want to say stereotypical because uh, it makes it seem like everybody has this problem because everybody really don't have the problem. But what ends up happening is that um, when we end up getting in relationships, um, what happens is that when we get hurt, we really truly don't deal with the hurt. We don't really truly deal with the why or how or what. We just say, you know what, we broke up with that person, and that's that. Mm-hmm. And then we deal, we cry, we, you know, uh, we, you know, sing in the shower or whatever, however you do to break up <laughs> during your breakup moments, you cry with your girlfriends or, you know, anything like that. But what you need to do is deal with whatever it is that you've dealt with in your past. Thank you. Thank no you, problem. Kirby Quinn. I'll meet you out. That was a great uh, thing. I, uh, I usually say when people get hurt, they change locations thinking they dealt with the situation. Mm-hmm. They really haven't. They just Definitely. changed locations. They got new friends. They got they moved away. They uh, left the church, left the job, and because they don't see that person anymore, they think, oh, the situation is healed, but it really is not. Loveologist, you have been phenomenal. We are at the end of our rope. Danielle, do you have anything? We're going to have you back, hopefully. I'm going to try to get on your schedule once again. Sure. Uh, Loveologist, you have been phenomenal. you have anything, Danielle? Just, again, just to reiterate uh, and echo Tanya's sentiments, you have been fabulous. You have been incredible. And I don't give the incredible title out loosely, Loveologist. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. You got me blushing again. <laughs> does not. You got an incredible. You were incredible. Can you give us your contact and show information, Loveologist, for us? Sure. You can always uh, get in contact with me at LoveologistLive.com. That's my show information. Uh, that's Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Lavologist.com is my website, and I'm still adding new and new things to the website each and every day. I'm working on it. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of new stuff floating up each and every day. So you definitely want to check that out. You can follow me on Twitter. That's twitter.com forward slash Lavologist. And also, if you haven't hit the Twitter wave and you're still MySpace in it, then you can hit me on MySpace at myspace.com forward slash Lavologist. And also, if you have any questions pertaining to love, life, sex, and relationships and you want a personal email, then you can email questions at lovologist.com. It's not going to cost you a cent, but just realize that my email box is flooded, so just allow 72 hours to, to receive a response. And, and like I always say on my show, if it's an emergency, please call someone, 911, licensed professional. <laughs> Well, listen, after the advice you gave us today, I understand totally why your mailbox is, is flooded. You have been yeah, fantastic, is. and you have ticked real talk about relationships on Real Talk with Tanya White. We thank you so much. No problem. Thank it was you. definitely my pleasure. You guys have a wonderful evening, okay? And you thank too. you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. I will follow up with you later on. Thanks again, LaVadia. All right. You have a good night. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Danielle, this show has been power-packed, lady. You are doing it, Tanya. I mean, I don't know how you put them together, but I don't think I've heard a show, and I'm sure 
the people in the chat room as well as the, the listeners who will be in the archives will be able to definitely agree with me. You haven't had a show yet that hasn't been on point. Well, and thank you. It's nobody but God. I'm telling you, Real Talk is uniquely designed with you in mind because we want to give information, inspiration, and impartation so you can change your no-I-can't attitudes into yes-I-can't action. So we don't take this lightly. Everything is strategically planned. We pray about it. We ask God's blessing and ask that everyone be blessed and forever transformed after every show. And he has given us some phenomenal guests. If you have just joined us, we're talking about relationship reruns, and we have had Hassani Pettiford. Wow, he talked about sex games that men and women play. Uh, we're going to have him back for just 90 minutes of powwow. Oh, yeah, he definitely needs Yeah, yeah. If you, if you have a relationship show or any type of show, you need to book Hassani Pettiford right now. His book, Black Thighs, Black Guys in Bedroom Lies. And what, what do you say? He has seven other books? Book seven books. other books. Seven other books. That's phenomenal. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how. I'm just working on my third. But then Talaya came and talked about the different doors. We're going to have her back in Women's Month for uh, women's uh, in relationship and dating. And then we just got off the phone with the loveologist. We are at our lo- much love moment, and we're running behind. We'll probably go into overtime with Real Talk with Tanya White. But before we click on, I call them Blog Talk's power couple because they have much love for themselves and each other and for all of their listeners. They're going to wrap it up and give us a much love moment commentary we're going to take a break. We're going to play a song during Yale. You know, I, I, I love music, and I'm going to go old school on you all this month. All right. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I got some music for you, but this song I'm about to play. Every time we used you know, you had the little get-togethers on Friday nights with mm-hmm. all the family members. Every time this song would play, my mother and father would dance, and it was, they were no longer mother, mama and daddy. They were two lovers in love with each other. And I said, wow. Every time this song played, and I said, you know what? That's the kind of love I want, and this song displays it. And not only does this song display it, but a power couple that's going to come on. This is how I, every time I listen to this show, I can just feel the love. So we're going to take a break after the song. We're going to click Shelby and British Hill on. And if you're listening, you're listening to Real Talk with Tanya White. We're going to play a song. I'm not even going to tell you, but I'm going to mute you out during yell because you'll probably sing along like I'm okay. going to sing along, okay? All right.
we are back for our much love moment. Danielle? Yeah, I'm here. All right, we're going to click British and Shelby Hill on. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Hill. How are you? Hello, hello. Hi, how are you, everybody? Thanks hey. for having us. Thanks we for are having fantastic. Us. We are excited. Hi, Shelby. How you doing? He's now? my Hi, friend. <laughs> can you guys hear me okay? Yes, we can. Okay, awesome, awesome. Thank you for having us today. Absolutely. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Danielle. Is it Danielle? Danielle yeah. with the Hi, R in there. Hi, Danielle. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. We have been talking about relationships. Now we are ready for our much love moment. Mr. and Mrs. Hill, you're going to take us. We are ready to go. All right. Well, go ahead. Absolutely. Well, tonight, uh, British and I are going to give it to you uh, a little bit divided. She's going to speak directly to the women. Okay. I'm going to speak directly to the men specifically. So, Uh um, British, go ahead and start it out uh, for the ladies. Absolutely. So what we're going to be talking about in our much love moment Um, is how to love unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And I have five tips I would like to share to the ladies on how to love him unconditionally. Mm -hmm. By the way, I always like to give credit where credit is due. We have a wonderful source that we use. Um, These suggestions are coming from um, the writings of Gary Rosberg, who um, wrote a book called The Five Love Needs of Men and Women. And how to love him unconditionally? Well, and I would agree. Number one, you want to show grace with his weakness. Number two, affirm him whenever you can. Third way to love him unconditionally, help him feel safe. Number four, take time to connect to him. And number five, study him, understand him. Very nice. And I'm going to tell you, ladies, it's very important that you implement all of those. Mm-hmm. You can definitely, it definitely exudes loving him unconditionally. Now, for the men out there, how to love her unconditionally. I have, I have actually eight, eight ways to love your lady unconditionally. And the first one is encourage her. Encourage her when through challenges, when times may be a little bit tough or she's trying to get through. She may have a block. Encourage her every chance you get. Number two, stand with her. Stand with her. Number three, men, compliment her every chance you get, every opportunity that presents itself. Despite what women say, they love compliments. We love them. (laughs) Number four, respect her opinion. She has a strong opinion. She has an opinion. She has a mind just like you. That's why you love her. Respect her opinion. Number five, talk with her, and when she talks, listen to her. Number six, gentlemen, be tender with your lady. Number seven, spend time with her. Whatever you do, women, (laughs) they, they love to spend time with their man, and that makes the relationship a lot stronger when you spend time together. And the last one is men, serve her. Serve her like she serves you. And those are our unconditional love him and her much love moments. Absolutely. I wanted to expound a little bit. Um, I just kind of went through the list, but I will pick out 
uh, real quickly, you know, just at least two of the ones, of the five that really resonated strongly with me. And, you know, that was help him feel safe because, mm-hmm. you know, when when you think about help helping him feel safe, it really is if you create um, an environment of, of warmth and nurturing with your man, um, you'll be surprised. It's a it's a it's a cruel world out there, mm-hmm. and oftentimes where he's off working and 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 go, or going to school or just you know building his business, whatever it is that he's into, mm-hmm. the home should be that safe haven. Mm-hmm. It should be that wonderful, beautiful, safe, warm environment. And we as women, you know what? We should be the absolute uh, sunshine in it. And although times might be difficult, and you know there might be some. Um, you know, moments where there might be arguments and things like that, that's a natural part of it. But even within discord, uh, there can be a feeling of safeness. So please make him feel like he's in a safe place and that he's not, you know, sleeping with his enemy. And it can go Mm. both ways. Absolutely. And then the last one I want to just speak on is um, affirm him whenever you can. Mm-hmm. which kind of, you know, couples or mirrors what my husband was just talking about, and that was, you know, compliment her, serve her, affirm him. Again, make it a point. You never know. Just remind him of his greatness. Remind him of how much his love makes a difference. And you don't have to make a big deal out of it all the time. Sometimes you can just look him right in the face and say, you know what, baby, I really appreciate you. Or you know what, I appreciate you took a moment yesterday to do what you did. All of those things will add up. Yes, and those, for men and women, it comes goes back to what we've been saying all night. You've got to know who you are, and you have to know the purpose of the relationship. Relationships shouldn't be hard or difficult or stressful when you follow all of those things that you all just said. Absolutely. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Donya. You have any input? I, I thought that, you know, just like you, um, British, the one that stood out the most for me was make him feel safe. Mm-hmm. It just as you as you said that, and even with your uh, what you just expounded on it with, I could feel a tingle about how important that is. And I think oftentimes as women, we think that the man is you know he's the protector, he's the provider, he's our priest, mm-hmm. but we don't recognize the importance of even he needs to feel that safety and that security. Mm-hmm. And so we just take it for granted. And I think that that was just really powerful. Absolutely, Danielle. I agree with you. I second that. That that definitely is one that I think we we sometimes have to remind ourselves of. To your point, because it mm-hmm. is true. It's oftentimes we look to them to be the pillar, and it's about them making us feel safe all the time. But you know what? In a lot of ways, men are a lot more um, fragile. Looking for thank you, fragile. fragile. <laughs> They are, you know, they really, I don't know, might be some men out there saying, well, wait a minute, no, I'm, you know, big and strong. And guess what? Yes, you are. You are all that. But we do recognize that um, men are oftentimes even more fragile internally, and we need to embrace that and be aware of it. So I I completely agree with you. Just just like the love I was just saying when we were listening in, Mm -hmm. you know, women think that men are complex, and the truth truth is that we're not that complex, you know. We we require simple things as well, and feeling safe, you know, coming from a man that feels safe with his woman, it is absolutely important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's good that that resonated with you, ladies, and I hope it resonates with many women out there. It does, and as a teacher, I learned that quickly because I teach students with behavior disabilities, which most of them are male, and uh, that's what exactly what I picked on up on. Men and women are no different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. just 
need the way we respond to certain feelings should be uh have to be a little bit different. But that safety is very key because I wonder why all the boys would come to Miss White's room. They would like to hang out in Miss White's room and <laughs> you know, do work, do something and one of the but you know, I feel I feel safe here. They didn't want to go home. Just, I'm like, what are you doing staying at the school? But it's that safety uh, and that security. So that is very crucial. Thank you so much, Shelby. You are welcome. Thank you, Tanya. For joining us. I'm excited about next week, too. Give out your contact information before you go. Go ahead, British. Absolutely. Um, You can always reach me at um, BritishFordHill at gmail.com. You can also visit uh, my coaching site, which is um, BritishFordHillCoaching.com. At um, what is my site, honey? BritishFordHillCoaching.com. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm asking you. And uh, my social network for women of color in direct sales, by the way, which is MLMBlackWoman.com. Absolutely, and of course you can always reach, always reach me at Shelby M as in Michael Hill Coaching.com. And um, also my email address is ShelbyMHill at Gmail.com. And you can always join my, uh, it's a new social group. It's growing pretty fast. It's called GetGoodRelationships.com. I encourage people to join it. It's a a growing social network that actually is about enhancing romantic business and social relationships. So um, join in, contribute, post, discussions, blog. Um, It's a great, it's a great diverse group to be a part of. Fantabulous, Mm -hmm. as always. Always. Thank, Thank you. you, Tanya. Thank you. You all have a fantastic weekend. I will follow up with you all later. And we're going to close out the show. Danielle? Yes. Do you have any final thoughts for this fantastic show that we're I running think, overtime in? Again, I, I think that this was a fabulous show. I'm excited about the opportunity to send this show uh, via archive to some of the people that I know that should have been listening. And I'm sure that the people who are listening live right now and those who will also be listening in the archives will have people that they feel need to hear this show. Mm-hmm. I'm all about recognizing the incredible you. And unless you love yourself, you will never get what you want out of relationships. If you allow yourself to be placated as a cubic zirconia because it looks mm-hmm. like a diamond, that is the way that they will treat you. But when you love yourself enough to say, I am a diamond, you will demand more from your relationships and prevent those relationship reruns that I encourage you to read about in Tanya White's book, and you can get it at TanyaWhite.com. Yes, that is so true. Being a a, a former person who thought I was a, a Kubrick zirconia and acted in such a way, now I know without a shadow of a doubt I'm a diamond and I carry myself that way. And uh, just know as you transition from those different philosophies, there's going to be a shift in your circle of friends, circle of influences, but allow that shift to happen because if it's shifting, it's for a reason and for a definite divine season. So go with the shift, and I guarantee you that you will be more satisfied, more uh, fulfilled, and you will not get caught up in the relationship reruns that you had before. Know that God created you for a divine destiny. You are the apple of his eye. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
So do not settle for less than God's best. Take the time to get to know God, because when you get to know God, he's going to tell you who you are, and you're going to love and embrace that person. And then other people are going to love and embrace you for the precious jewel that you are. So, again, relationships, healthy relationships are so important. So take the time to develop and cultivate all three, God, a, God, a relationship with God, with yourself, and the people around you. And be intentional about having those healthy relationships. Next week we're talking about are you crazy in love? We're talking about more love issues. We're going to have Dr. Aldewan Tart, the dating doctor himself, who's going to teach us how to uh, find and marry Mr. Wright. We're going to have Toy Ward of Toy Talk. She's going to talk about relationships from the woman's perspective. And then we're going to have Lothario Boyd, who has written a book for the men, The Man's Guide to Finding the Perfect Mate. And his book really is the male response of my book, Relationship Rerun, and we didn't even know one another. So join us next week. Log on to TanyaWhite.com. Rate the show. Uh, again, if you order Relationship Reruns this month at TanyaWhite.com or Amazon.com, you have the uh, possibility of winning $209. Uh, at the end of the month, we're going to draw one winner. If you order from Amazon, you have to email your receipt to Real Talk at Tanya White. Um, Sign up for Tanya's Tips at TanyaWhite.com. Go to Incredible One Enterprises and look over Danielle's uh, information. And, Danielle, when is your show coming on again? Uh, my show is starting in April. Okay, in April. And it's an incredible moment with Danielle. We're going to highlight those issues and things that we need to address to become incredible. Again, you cannot conquer what you're not willing to confront. But if you conquer your past, you will confirm your future and be able to walk into your passion, abundance, confidence, and expectation, which will make you incredible. Incredible. And on that note, you've been an incredible audience, and we will see you next Thursday at a different time, a later time of 7 p.m. from 7 to 9 next week only. Until then, keep it real. Have real talk to enhance your real life. Talk to you later, Danielle. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.